Sam, you're in the infirmary. You had an accident. Do you remember what happened? No, I don't. I don't remember a thing. Do you remember me? Yeah, of course I remember you, Gertie. That's good. That's very good. It's nice to see you awake again. I'd like to keep you under observation here in the infirmary for a few days and run some tests. How long have I been out? Not long, Sam. Go back to sleep. Okay, pal. You're still very tired. We can talk later. And welcome to Smoking and Drinking in Space. This is a sci-fi podcast from a couple guys who think they know sci-fi. I'm Jason. This is Red. And this week we have uh, our roving guest once again, Rob. Say hi, Rob. Hi. Nice to be here, Chuck. You're supposed to say hi, Rob. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've done that before. He Follows said say hi, Rob. I've done that before. I'm trying to spice it up and be a little different. <laughs> And this week, we are going to discuss one of the few movies that actually puts the great Sam Rockwell front and center, where he plays a moon farmer who discovers he's just another in a long line of moon farmers. It's moon? 2009's Moon. Moon farmers? Moon. I, I heard moon earlier. Dude, I found a story. Oh, no. Well, let's well, let him go then. Let's do some news. Holy shoot. What's your story? Golly gee willikers. Well, apparently one of the reasons. No, I got it. One of the reasons I haven't. I'm biased against Star Trek Discovery. There is a story. (laughs) And it's not about a lovely lady. No, apparently (laughs) they are currently being sued by uh, an indie game maker for stealing his ideas. Really? Apparently, there is a lawsuit that alleges CBS coffered significant features from an unreleased game called Tardigrades. And this is Star Trek Discovery that he's suing? Yes. Yes. A video game maker filed suit on August 19th, 2018 in U.S. District Court against CBS seeking damages for copyright infringement. He's an Egyptian citizen residing in Kuwait, and he's suing... The studio and Netflix international distributors, the Herald Science Fiction series, as quoted by uh, I'm at Axamonitor.com. Okay. And uh, the legal complaint says that he began developing this adventure game, Tardigrades, in 2014. Okay. And let's see, scanning, scanning, scanning their similarities between Discovery and his video game. He brought a couple of screenshots up, and oh, wow, there is definitely some interesting stuff. There's a couple of pictures here of uh, screen captures from Star Trek Discovery and from his game, and they are really looking similar. So I wonder if he actually released any of that intellectual property out to where they could have seen it, because if he he hasn't released any of that stuff, then I don't think he's got a copyright claim. Because I can right, write a book right. that never sees the light of day, and somebody else could write a book, the same book, and p- 
publish it. Yeah, and I've, they've I've, got I've that copyright. That. Yeah, and I'm like, you know, dude, I, I, that was an idea I worked on, but I hadn't done shit with it. So yeah, so oh, well, it's, they it's, beat me to the punch. It's hard to it's hard to claim, you know. But it says space travel made possible by a blue-hued, bigger-than-human tardigrade ripper in Discovery. A gay relationship between a blonde white guy who is a space botanist and a brown guy with sideburns, mustache, and a beard, which is identical to the show. A main character accused of treason. A black woman with messy curly hair. Egyptian cultural influences such as the mummification of Klingon war dead, Klingon breastplates. And a human being being absorbed into the tardigrade, which has physical features and functionality previously published, not previously published by anybody else. Hmm. So he's got several points. I mean, even <laughs> like the relationship and physical characteristics of characters. Well, if he it can is, establish prior art, then he's got a claim. Well, let me send a link. Yeah, send me the link. I'll uh, post it up on the website so that everybody can take a gander for I themselves. I feel vindicated. Congratulations. Okay, Rob, what do you got? Um. Well... I've got some superhero news. No way. There's no superhero news ever out there. Uh, well, you're right. When it comes from DC, there really is no superhero news. I like DC. And not a whole lot of people do. Um, at least not the uh, dark and brooding stuff. So, you know, they've done a 180. <clears throat> and uh, they're no longer doing the dark and broody stuff. They're kind of taking it lighthearted. Um at least that's what they're saying based off of what they've seen from the uh, Aquaman uh, screeners. Uh, and uh, to stay in that vein, they are making a Plastic Man. A Plastic Man, Plastic really? Man is in development, Oh, apparently. no. Are they going to give him the goggles? I have no idea, but apparently it's in development. Oh, dear. Uh, you know, of all of the DC comic characters... He's probably one of my least favorite. I didn't like him when I was a kid. So does anybody know who came first, Mr. Fantastic or Plastic Man? Fast, it has to be Mr. Fantastic. It was Mr. Fantastic. all the way back to the 60s. Yeah, yeah. I would think so. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Plastic Man. <clears throat> well, he was created in 1941. No way. Uh, by uh, Jack Cole for Quality Comics. Okay. Hmm. So I think that probably pre- predates the Fantastic Four. Yeah, but he didn't have that premature gray at the temples. <laughs> he didn't, so he's not smart, right? Well, he's not cool either. <laughs> All right, what else you got, Rob? Oh, that's it. Well, I've got a couple of items. So the first lies. one. You're the, making it up. Yeah, that's right. It's all lies. So everything from here on out is just lies. Oh, well, if we're going to go there, I got some stories. <laughs> no. I my, just thought of, I mean, I just found some stories. <laughs> so my first item, which is really exciting me, although I'll probably not visit this one specifically. Uh, the Millennium Falcon. Uh, Smuggler's Run, which is basically a replica, a one-to-one replica of the Millennium Falcon that they're going to use as a virtual experience ride at Disneyland 
uh-huh. in their new Galaxy's Edge Galaxy's Edge Park uh, is built, and there are pictures available out there for you to peruse, and it looks absolutely awesome. Well, I hope you don't have to wait in line for more than forty-five minutes to get to see it. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure there's. Gonna I'm be not a big huge lines. I'm not a big fan of those amusement parks. It takes so long to get to anything. Yeah, and the parking. Oh my god. Oh, so we've been to uh, Disney World, and we we stay on site, and so they have shuttle parking or shuttles that take you to and from the park from the from the hotel. So it's really not that bad. I'm just a typical American. If you can't get it to me in an unreasonably amount of convenient time for me, I'm just not interested. <laughs> well, I'm super excited. Um, I can't wait until they, they open the Galaxy oh, I Edge, bet it's Galaxy's cool. Edge Park. I plan but on being watch there a, as soon as possible. You could watch a movie. They should do that. They should put up large screens in those lines so you can actually watch a film while you're waiting in line. So a lot of the lines, they do have like in-line entertainment. They, they've got screens that, especially at, at Disney parks, they've got screens that show Disney movies and Disney news and, and other things like that. It's well, really, good. it's really not that, that bad. Now, some other amusement parks really suck. Their lines are outside. So you're in the heat. There's no entertainment. You're standing there for two or three Six hours. Six Flags has actually gotten better. Have they? They must have done that since I was there last. That, that's a screenshot from the movie. Sorry. Oh, that's okay. So Rob just pulled up a, a screenshot of that game that you were talking about earlier. Well, there's um, screenshots I have in the article. Yeah, so definitely check out that article. I'm not sure this guy's got a, a claim. Well, if you scroll further down, if you scroll further down in the article, he's got a one-to-one on like each one of those points that I read. He's got a one-to-one on the, on the screenshots, too. Yeah, I, I like the screenshot of the game where the uh, tardigrade is um, gently caressing a naked man. <laughs> I mean... Yes, it's a very loving embrace from a tardigrade. He's actually well. Even, maybe it's a gentle playing. caress from the tardigrade, but it might not be so gentle if you're the one being caressed. Well, his, his nipples are getting played with. Well, he seems to be enjoying it, so I think it's dude. Consensual. I found an article. I'm not an apologist for this dude. I just found an article and got excited. Yeah, I can see why. <laughs> With these pictures, I think anybody would be excited. Oh, please. Scroll down in the article. Don't trust Rob. (laughs) All right. My final news item is, uh, so there apparently were rumors that Jodie Whittaker was going to be leaving Doctor Who. Um, She has spoken Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're doing Doctor Who news? It's sci-fi, man. Boy, you were digging. I was. (laughs) I really, really (laughs) was. (laughs) Okay. So, Jodie Whittaker has spoken out and says she is not leaving Doctor Who, that she is excited to get back to work. And uh, so, Doctor Who fans, please don't uh, don't freak out. The uh, first female Doctor Who is, is still going to be on. So, yeah, yeah, I'm sure all 36 of them are okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All right. So, uh, you guys ready for the crawl? Yes, absolutely. Let's do it. We can call it, I don't know, say a pod. 
Podcrawl. The Podcrawl. 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 Excellent. Insertedy. Podcrawl. Kind of like a space suppository full of information. Sam is a simple man. He wakes up, takes a shower, monitors some lunar tractors, and sends helium-3 back to Earth to fuel their insatiable thirst for energy with fusion power. But Sam is close to the end of his three-year contract and is longing to see the wife he met on LunarFarmersOnly.com and their now three-year-old daughter. Being on the moon has started to stretch Sam's sanity. He already looks like a roadie for ZZ Top and is starting to get headaches and see visions of a young dark-headed woman who is not his wife. While on an excursion to a harvester Sam gawks at one of these visions which causes him to run his rover into the harvester and lose consciousness. Sam wakes up in the infirmary with the soothing tones of Gertie assuring him he's fine, just a little brain damage, no biggie. After some time off his feet, Sam clumsily attempts to walk out of the infirmary wondering why his legs aren't working like they should. He overhears Gertie talking with corporate, which is strange since the communications satellite has been out for a while. Curious, Sam takes another drive out on the surface to check on a stalled harvester where he finds it's not just stalled, but totaled by another rover. Inside the crushed rover, Sam finds Sam and brings him back to the base to recover. Sam 1 regains consciousness and spots Sam 2 and starts immediately questioning his sanity. The two Sams get to know each other over ping pong and fist fights and Sam 1 retires to nurse his wounds and grill Gertie about the situation. Gertie reveals that they are both clones of the original, often imitated and now duplicated, Sam. Sam 1 goes on a scavenger hunt to find his personal Camino and stumbles upon a cryo chamber that cooks instead of freezes. He and Sam 2 find a trap door that leads down to the cache of Sam's. Sam 1 takes another drive to find a decent cell signal and phones home only to realize that his not-wife is dead and his not-daughter is 15 years old. Knowing that corporate is sending a rescue party that will probably kill them both and wake another clone, Sam 2 convinces Gertie to wake another clone so they can kill it and stuff it in the wrecked rover to pose as Sam 1 while Sam 2 shoots Sam 1 back to Earth in the Helium 3 pod. Sam 1 however, looks like death warmed over and talks Sam 2 into going instead after putting Sam 1 back into the rover and letting Sam 3 live a life of repeating hell on the moon base. Sam 2 takes Sam 1 back to the wrecked rover reminiscing with him about memories neither of them really experienced. Sam 2 leaves Sam 1 to die, returns to the base and gathers up supplies for the trip back to Earth. He wipes Gertie's memory of his escape and sets a moon tractor to maximum harvest and shoots himself into space just as the rescue team arrives and Sam 3 wakes up. The rescue team cleans up the mess, the moon tractor crushes a signal jammer, Sam 1 dies alone watching Sam 2 speed off toward Earth and roll news clips about ethics investigations credits. <sighs> <laughs> All right. So, what did you guys think about Moon? Well, the title was very basic. excellent. Very basic. Very simple. It it it. Sh I mean, we we have a we have a movie on the moon, and we get to see Sam Rockwell moon us. Yes, yes, we do get to he see Sam Rockwell's tight tight, tight ass. ass. Yes, yes. Very tight. What did tight. you think about Sam Rockwell's ass? Tight, like a tiger. To be honest, I didn't pay attention. Sorry. How did you miss that? You need to go back and rewatch. No, no, no. I mean, I, obviously, I, now that you bring it up, I recall. It's just I didn't really pay that much attention. You need to go back and rewatch. Yeah, you it. need to go back and rewatch. I think you I'm going to put that on a loop. You need to put that on a loop. No, 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 no. I'm fine. We paused it at that point. There are certain aspects it. to various cinema that I just find extraneous in them. 
I kind of automatically filter them out. I don't watch science fiction for sex. I don't watch horror movies for gore. And if they go over and above on that, I just kind of blank it out because they don't want to stop doing it. So you watch horror for the sex and science fiction for the gore? No. Exact opposite. If they start showing too much of it. I mean, if somebody is asleep and something tries to get them in the bed and they jump up and you happen to see something, I can accept that because some people sleep like that. But for people just to have all this tearaway clothing or making really stupid decisions, you know, like screwing around when the bad guy's about to get you, I just... Yeah, because people really don't make stupid decisions in real life. I'm just saying. (laughs) I'm just saying. Sometimes it's over and above. You remember that uh, auto insurance, or I think it was an auto insurance commercial, where the kids are trying to run away from the the killer? And that one girl says, why don't don't we just go get in that running car? Are you kidding? Let's go hide in the shed with all the chainsaws and axes. (laughs) I remember that, yes. You know, I mean, it's, it's sometimes. I mean, gee whiz. So... I mean, no, I didn't pay any attention to his butt. That was one of those moments like, okay, fine, great. I'm surprised they had a camera lens that close. He could submit that to a doctor and get a checkup. <laughs> oh. So there's my position on his gluteus maximus. I'm glad he's got one so he doesn't fall on the toilet. It helps. It really Everybody helps. Everybody needs one. We all got to have them. Well, what did you think about the movie in general? I thought the movie was really good, but of late, uh, I, I've started watching. I'm kind of losing some of my ability to just get lost in the movie because I've got this little Jason on my shoulder. <laughs> and hey, What does I, little Jason we, say? Well, in this instance... I'm sitting down to rewatch the film again for the for the show today. Mm-hmm. And the second that they make it clear that he's mining helium three, the first thing I hear is a is a little Jason in my ear going, "How are they containing the heat without produ- while still maintaining a decent output of energy versus what they're putting in to start the reaction?" Well, we're going to And so I stopped the movie. So I stopped the movie and I started researching nuclear fusion. <laughs> oh my god. And it I got I got through a popular mechanics article and uh, uh about a third of a web page out of uh it was a, a university in England. I can't remember the name of it offhand. I'd have to go back through my search history. But um, and then I just stopped and said, "No, damn it! I'm going to get back to the movie." <laughs> that's because I'd that's blown about no I'd news. blown about half an hour, and it's it's just okay. How are we maintaining that? And then the next thing that got me was gravity. There sure seemed to be a lot of really good, strong Earth-like gravity on that well, moon base. <laughs> yeah. So if you <laughs> notice on the bulkheads, um, under uh, at the bottom of the bulkheads of the openings. It actually says 1G, caution 1G, uh-huh. or watch yep. step 1G, yep, something right. like that. How? So they've got, yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, they've got artificial, you know, Earth-like gravity on that moon base. I overlooked it. I figured Just by the it's steps. 2035. Just by the steps. Maybe they figured it out. Now, what really annoyed the piss out of me. Oh, here we go. Was 
he steps outside, and the instant that you know he's in his suit and he opens the door into a vacuum, he starts moving like he's under fucking water. Instead of right, just moving just normally, sixth. yeah, it, yeah, it's a is it a sixth or a third? Six. You're right. Instead of moving like you know, it's it's lighter gravity, but he can still move a normal speed. He's just sure. not going to use as much strength to move around. Right. He's moving like he's you know crawling through fucking sand. Uh huh. Well, the reason for that. Okay, so so this was at the beginning of the movie. So we're talking about Sam One, right? Sam One was about to die. If you noticed, Sam 2, later in the movie, was hopping along, no big deal outside. So I'm thinking he was slowly doing that because his whole body was starting to shut down and he didn't realize it. But Sam 2 did it on the outside, and Sam 1 seemed to be walking just fine on the inside. Well, it's because it's normal gravity. Which brings me to the next little Jason moment. Okay. Expiration dates on clones. Right. That was not addressed. It's it's like a pop top, you you know, right. and carbonation in a in a can. You know, you just right. once you pop that seal, it, it only lasts for so long, and then it and starts getting was, flat there, and wimpy. And well, there was no addressing like a higher metabolic rate, altering interior climate controls to accommodate so this. There's there's a couple things that you can kind of you know put you can kind of. Uh, work around on this. So uh, Gertie does mention that the clones were set to start deteriorating after three years, right? Now, the original Sam had a three-year contract, and these clones are based on the original Sam, and they're using the original Sam's memories from before and his video feeds from while he was on the station to simulate what's what's uh, to simulate the clones' lives as well. So they're using the same video feeds uh, to his wife and and what have you. Um, for, no, I get all that for for their deterioration. The Sam one looked like he started having symptoms of radiation poisoning. Mm-hmm. Um, he started having headaches, nosebleeds, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, fever, pale complexion. He started losing teeth and vomiting mm-hmm. blood. Mm-hmm. Those are all you know signs of of high doses of radiation. So they which may have been it, pumping radiation into which that makes case. it less plausible. That's not how business works. We're operating. This is corporate America. We're talking about. They would have maintained him in top peak physical condition, and when that third year anniversary comes up, they just would have gave him a nice big cyanide cupcake that he didn't even know about. Compliments of Gertie, and it would have been done. And they pop the next one out of the Easy Bake clone oven. Well, they did so, this for dramatic effect, and it's not plausible. Yeah, I I agree. That's probably how they would have done it. Um, but they but by making the clone sick, they give the clone motivation to get into the the easy bake uh, clone oven, which could have just as easily been done had there been a glitch in the computer system, and he came across a file or something that was like, "Hey, don't forget, Gertie." <laughs> you know, I mean, they could have done it. No. They did that so that we would feel for the character. Oh. So I'm, So we got back to character I'm development. I'm wondering. Well, um, the I'm, corporate America don't give two shits. You're right. Well, so if if you noticed when he was doing it, when he was going through the archive footage of the uh, flashback, um, 
I like most that of them. Most of them look. Instead of flashback, flashback. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah. Most, most of them I think look, I've been replaced. Yes. He's, he's got me beat. I have to. Anyway, wow. so most of them looked like they were relatively healthy. They, yeah. Most of them looked like they were okay. Uh, they, they were all in certain stages of unshaved, you know, whether they're shaved or unshaved or or, you know, whatever. Some of them had long hair. Some were nice and clean shaven. You were looking so, from the chin up, right? Yes, yes. Okay. I, I there was no, there was no D out. in this one. So, uh, but I'm wondering if the whole... Uh, shorn, unshorn, the whole, director's yeah. cut. I don't know what you're looking at. Right. The whole the whole crash thing, my, maybe that, like, uh, accelerated the uh, the symptoms? So a little much bit. subjective thought. Well, I'm just thinking. You, you know, he get, he gets in the crash. Uh, you know, the, there's got to be some sort of you know hurtness, internal bleeding, something. You know, I mean, he hurtness, he, hurtness. Yeah, some sort of Hurt, hurt. And that's where I came <laughs> yeah. back, folks. I am no longer. <laughs> Thanks. Anyway, so so maybe. Maybe it just accelerated it, you know, and then well, they did get into, they did get into kind of a fist of fight, fist cuffs, a little bit of fist fight, you know, pushing, shoving match, you know, and... And ping pong. Right. Well, in ping pong, he looked okay, and then it's when they got in the scuffle and he got punched in the face, and then it's like from there, it just went all downhill. Right. After well, well see, the already- thing is, I... I was with you the first time, the second time I saw this movie. This is like, I believe this is the third time I've seen it. The third time I saw it, I had a partner. I had little Jason. (laughs) Yeah. Well, so when he got punched in the face, he was already exhibiting signs of deterioration. So that just, I mean, that definitely caused him to bleed a hell of a lot more than he probably normally would have. Because his body was already deteriorating. I'm sure his capillaries were tissue thin and, and breaking already. But yeah, I mean it it you're you're right. They probably would have, you know, just torched him, kept him in peak physical condition, ran him until uh, they couldn't run him anymore, and then given him some other reason to jump. I mean, I had the same bait. issue I had the same issue with the first uh Blade Runner movie, the original. Oh man, I haven't seen that in so long. How they could just suddenly start winding down? Why? What? What the hell? What's wrong with them? Entropy. Oh, that's what it is. Hey man, everything deteriorates. Mm. The brightest Even light burns. Stars the, deteriorate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. And the designer. Yeah, yeah. I know. He's like, you know, the brightest lights burn twice as fast. And yeah. Okay. I just keep thinking Dolly the sheep. You know. <laughs> For about eight grand, you can send off some DNA from your cat and get it back in the mail. I mean, right? The DNA or the cat? Well, actually, both one way and then the other. Yeah, I guess you get the DNA cloned. back in the in the form of the cat. Man. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully I mean, they poke some holes in the. They've, they've, I mean, you know, we're not in the future, and we got cloning down pretty wrapped. good. We got the Chinese using CRISPR now, coming out with healthy twins, and we're gonna have. To, we've already got designer babies. I know right. we do. They're just not talking about it. America's against it. The United States. We've got uh, agreements, gentlemen's treaties, whatever the hell you want to call them. But you know that we're doing it too, so that we don't get left behind. And so, I mean, pff, come on. 
it's all about what works. And I just, I just, I, I really couldn't get back into the film when they started showing this with, with his character like that because I just see corporate America as hard-nosed and profit-driven. And I don't see them wanting to build something that might start malfunctioning earlier than they want. I just well, see but, them saying when it's used, reached its usefulness is complete, you just terminate it. But, they had a, I mean, if... They had a corner on the market... Yeah, and if it starts malfunctioning before they're ready, I mean, they just put it in the oven and and thaw out a new one, right? So, and and they may have done the the cost benefit analysis and determined that hey, if we replicate a bunch of these dudes that are you know good for about three years or so, um, and then we terminate them and and thaw out another one every three years, then yeah, it's, I- it's a lot cheaper than than flying. Up, uh, well, a guy right, every and see, the only thing and... I can think of is maybe he already had a pre-existing genetic condition that once he reached that age as a clone, that well, but, it would kick in like a cancer, a leukemia, something like that. Well, but a clone is an exact replication, so he would have had that as as the original too. Exactly. So, like, he dies up there for whatever reason. They harvest DNA and but start he didn't cloning die. him. He didn't die. You hear him on the phone call with his daughter. He's the one in the background. That's right. That's she right. She says, yeah. "Dad, somebody's asking about mom," so, and, and you hear him say, "Who is it?" Yeah. So they they cloned him with his memories and everything, so they didn't have to waste money training. Yeah, that's a whole another level. How are we going to do that whole Ingram? Right. Brain well, Ingram well, thing? that that's absolute bullshit. That's that's the sci- definitely one of the sci-fi elements yeah. of all this. But um, what doesn't? Oh man, I lost my train of thought. Well, get it back, get it back. But see, the oh, thing is, is yeah, though, right with sci-fi, though, they could have come up with some nonsensical machine that you could say does that, like Star Trek with the Heisenberg compensator on the transporter device. Yeah, I but I mean, where? So one of the things that they do, one of the things that they did with this movie is instead of using a machine, they used a clone. So there's also an ethical element to this movie. I mean, they're they've they've replicated this clone hundreds of times and they're killing it off every three years They're thawing it out and killing it off every three years like it's a machine but i mean these clones are people they have memories they have emotions they can think they can reason but they don't have a soul Uh, okay removing the entire (laughs) stupid soul (laughs) element of all this you're the one that used the word ethics yeah ethics you can, and the majority you can of people ethics. on this planet have some si- some kind of faith based morality. You can have ethics without having faith based morality. I don't think they're inclusive. I don't think you're you sure necess- you're not a clone. I might be a clone. You're right. Well, if he starts getting headaches and uh, soulless minion my of, eyes, yeah. soulless, soulless minion so, of orthodoxy. I think the three-year thing, the three-year term, you noticed he started going slightly crazy. So I, I'm thinking that they they come up with that three-year term just because you mentally can't handle it any further than that. Space madness. But then that leads to to the thing of okay, why didn't they just make a man and a and a and a female and you know let them live up there and keep themselves company? Yeah, but. 
do you really want to have babies born on the moon? I mean, that's make them sterile. Make them sterile. Well, okay, now you're getting back into the whole ethical dilemma. No. Ethics. Mastectomy. He'll never know. (laughs) He'll never know. Just tell them they're not doing it right. They got the rhythm off. (laughs) It's a low G thing. That doesn't absolve your fucking ethical dilemma. Sure. I don't have an ethical dilemma in this. So did you have any more little little Jason moments? I thought that the security team showing up was a little stupid, and I have it... Especially announcing it. Yeah, and I found it very difficult to believe that with all of the technology they had up there that those guys could communicate with any semblance of privacy whatsoever. Even the HAL 9000 could read lips. Oh, right, right. Well, but I mean, I don't think Gertie was actively against them like Hal was. So Gertie was basically there to protect them. And and that's another thing that I had a flaw with because Gertie is a tool of a profit-driven corporation. And I keep thinking that is is the... The Dark Lord of the Sith in this movie. I just, I, I, I try and think what is plausible in today, in our society today, and I just take it forward. It should be exponentially higher in the future, one would think. And with corporate uh, espionage and all the various things that we've had to deal with since, well, since the Industrial Revolution, um, I, I just find it hard to believe that a isolated location on the moon wouldn't be bugged everywhere possible. Especially when you're wanting quality control over something operating independent like that. Well, but I guess if you're the only corporation on the moon and there's only one of your guys up there and he's a clone, there's not a whole lot of chance for corporate corporate. Yeah, but wouldn't you want to cut things off as quickly as possible in the event of I mean, I carry insurance on my car, not because I intend to get into a wreck, but just in case. So you're saying there should be some kind of fail-safe mechanism? What, the base just torches itself and everything in it? No, not at all. I'm just thinking that it would be a little bit tighter than it is. Well, how so? I'm not following you. Well, in the event, you're talking about how Gertie is there to protect Right. Well, what if you've got the, I've fallen and I can't get up anywhere in that facility? Gertie should be able to hear. (laughs) Gertie should at least be there to direct the the new clone or the claw from the ceiling or whatever to move whatever. Right. There are medical facilities there and Gertie can perform just about anything you need surgically. Sure. That could be going on there. So... One would assume that that two-way communication can also be wired into corporate. And so when, you know, Sam Rockwell 1 and 2 are devising all this stuff, I just find it hard to believe that corporate wasn't figured in it, figuring in on this and spying on them. Oh, so you're saying corporate is it would have spied on them through Gertie. Yes. Ah, I see. Well, but they had to jam the communications link yeah. in order to keep him from from contacting. Yeah, her. I'm, I'm thinking Gertie has slight control over when okay, the let's, communication. Let's, let's gets give open. Gertie more than one channel for communication. Well, whatever. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm saying and, and maybe a secure line, well, a here, gold channel line. Here, here's here's what I don't get. 
Okay, so the rescue team show uh, has a 14-hour delay, right? So, it, you know, Gertie calls them. They say, hey, they'll be here in 14 hours. Okay, that's 14 hours. Why didn't Gertie contact corporate as soon as it happened instead of, oh, let me thaw a new one out? Right. You know, I mean, what? They well, could, because they he didn't. And even if that's in Gertie's programming, that's shoddy programming. Well, and yeah, I, don't think I mean, the you corporate would, you would, would do think, it. especially if it's only 14 hours. Oh, there was an accident uh, and one of your things are down. Uh, it's going to be down for 14 hours. Okay, well, let's put it down for 14 hours. Let's make sure that we recover that one body. Uh-huh. And then, and then let's open them up. Thaw out another one. Yeah. yeah. Instead, exactly. Instead, no, no. Let's thaw out the other one and then uh-huh. make it fucking suspicious. Makes no you sense. can't leave. No. It's almost like they were trying to draw the situation out and make a movie out of it. Almost. Are you saying that they used Gertie as a plot device? He's the Deus Ex oh Machina. <laughs> so. One of the questions that I had, and it never got resolved, and it seemed kind of plot devicey to me, uh, was so the the girl that he hallucinated uh, kind of looked like his daughter, right? Who do you, who do you guys think that was? Um, I think it was his daughter. I think, um, but yeah. but how would he know what his daughter looks like? Because she's fifteen years old right now. Science, Bob. Science fiction, Bob. Science, Bob. I'm, I'm thinking that's a plot hole. She blinded science. him with science. No, so he, as far as he knows, his daughter is three years old. Yes. But in real life, she's 15. So he's like the right. fifth incarnation of Sam. He's the fifth clone. Right. right. Mm, I would think maybe it was a one night stay you know he's up there for 3 years by himself i'm sure he was fantasizing or at least brought a decent porn but collection but he was dreaming about his wife wait for the director's no, cut no no he i think uh, he might have been dreaming about his wife yeah but you know when so you're why conscious, wouldn't he hallucinate his wife no nah, i don't think he was i think i think he was getting wanting something that he couldn't have Oh. He knew he was going to come see his wife in like two weeks, you know. So why, why hallucinate about that? Oh hallucinate, my God! Just, hallucinate just, about the let's girl just that can jump put her straight feet in. Back let's behind just, her head let's just and take go it really good and hard, you know, ego. like the porn, okay. the porn that he had. Oh Jesus Christ! Uh, I, you know, if I'm going to be stuck on a on a planet, or I'm sorry, a planetoid by myself, um, yeah, I'm bringing a porn collection. I got to keep myself busy somehow. <laughs> Let's at least make it legal. My gosh. It was legal. Not at that age. No, we're not saying it was a 15-year-old little girl. It was just a young woman. Well, that's true. Moving yeah. on. Um, um, I need parsley. <laughs> My palate needs to be cleansed. I got something <laughs> that'll cleanse your palate. So moving on Blah. from his space madness. Space madness. Um... I think part of his space madness was caused by being forced to watch old 70s reruns. It's like 20-something or other, right? Uh, it's 2035. 2035. They had to have had something new between now and then. I would, I would hope so. I mean... Well, perhaps it was a choice he made, like people do now. I watch a lot of old stuff on, on the internet. 
So maybe 70s? he just had a... Okay, so that's... Maybe he had a taste for it. Maybe it's something he grew up watching, fond memories with his grandfather okay, or something. Okay, so do you watch, do you watch uh, stuff from the 40s? I do, yeah. yeah really? So he grew yeah. up watching reruns with his grandfather? Maybe. Part of that brain engrammatic copying thing with the mimeograph, I don't know. <laughs> Gertie's working the hand crank and the purple ink memories are coming out. You've gotten so subjective with this. It's all plausible. Whatever. It is what it is. It is what it is. I think one of the best lines in the movie uh, is radioactive tampon. Radioactive tampon. And banana with a yeast infection. Yes. It was good. Those should be on T-shirts. Yeah, not that I can wear. Oh, I bet you could wear a banana with a yeast infection T-shirt. No, no. Maybe 20 years ago. You get to be our age, and anything you do that's anything somewhat controversial just becomes creepy. So Rob and I had a debate. Oh, God. During the movie. Can we just agree to disagree? There, Well, no, there's no disagreement. No. I proved my case. No, you didn't. How oh, did I not go. prove now the I camera angle was shoddy must, to begin with? Okay. You must share this. Okay. So if you'll notice, there were two rovers when he initially left the base. Yes. To go out and. I know where you're hit, going. I know where you're head going. Head to the harvester, right? Uh-huh. So the second time he goes out, he crashes into the harvester. Uh huh. Gertie thaws out Sam number two. Uh-huh. Sam number two goes out after he tricks Gertie into unlocking the door. There's a spacesuit missing, so he takes the other spacesuit. He walks out. How many rovers are in the garage? <laughs> One rover in the garage. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So he goes out, finds the crashed rover in the harvester, pulls Sam two out of the harvester, comes back. There's a harvester in the garage. Uh huh. Where did the harvester come from? Gertie made it while he was the gone. The Harvester Manufacturing <laughs> Company. <laughs> Gertie made it while he was gone. While E. Coyote Rob Industries. insisted that there were three in the garage at the beginning. Okay. We went oh. through, we looked at the outside shot whenever they panned around the base in the beginning. We looked whenever he first walked out. And I'm talking paused the movie and, and went by oh, frame I have by frame. No, I have no there doubt. were never more than two in the garage. You know what? That that third <laughs> rover came from the same just place. Admit you no, were no, wrong. No, no. no I just real I just figured it out. It came from the same place just that all of those helium three transport it. pods come from. Just admit it. Okay, so he's shooting. He's shitting. Shitting. He's shitting. He's sh- he's yeah, shitting you're out, shitting. He's shitting out um, helium three back to Earth, right? And There's it's on a like whole a whole lot of shit coming like out of your rocket mouth ship. right now. It's on a rocket ship. Where does Did his you say supply- rocket shit? Is it a rocket ship? Yes. And where where does he get all of those rocket ships? Because they don't they don't get replenished. 
That he doesn't get a. Uh, Why not? Why can't they replenish it? They've got they've got the, the Palpatine's Clone Wars from. Well, uh, yes, I understand that, but <laughs> what I'm saying is you never. Camino, see, yeah, they got the Camino Industries cloning thing. You never from see Radio more Shad. ships get re, you know restocked, right? Oh, so that's okay. Those maybe are there's the TARDIS. A, they had an entire underground system full of clones. You don't they think got they're going to have uh, an underground system full of pods and rovers and rovers. Underground system. Who pulled of it out rollers. there? Gertie. Deep underground base. Gertie's they attached to the dumbs. fucking base. Man, he remoted it. I bet, you, I oh bet you they got something set up to Area 51. That's what I bet I it bet, is. I bet and so. And the whole idea came from that missing part of Kennedy's brain they never found in the autopsy. And that's why it gets into the brownies and why everybody wants to have the damn marijuana made legal. That's what it's about. This again. It's conspiracy. Marijuana being legal. Joanna. It's, it's Joanna. Mary Joanna. <laughs> Joanna make it legal? <laughs> it's like deja vu so, all over Just again. admit you're wrong. I, I no. guarantee you it'll make you feel better. No, no. Mine is just as plausible dun, 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 as all the other bullshit that we've talked about on this thing. Going back in time. <laughs> you know, I like Huey Lewis in the news. Uh, All right. So, songs. who's got your black lung, Rob? I went with uh, Sam number two through, I guess we're, we're assuming five more before, before this happened. Uh, <laughs> so Sam two through five when they decided to take the long nap in the incinerator. To, or, well, so it'd be it'd be Sam one through five, right? No, no. Well, I was considering Sam Prime as the the oh uh, as the first as Sam one. Okay. Yeah. So you got Sam number two through however many. But we assume that it's been a three year mission. Well, so but if they Sam had number- problems, he would have gotten what he they would have replaced him quicker. Right. You know, oh, I take my he- helmet off outside. Yeah, I didn't count how many Sams he saw because he saw feeds. It was about four. There was four flashes. Sams there was four in, microwaves. Yeah, so I think it was Sam five and six yeah. that were. That we know of. I mean, there could have been others. That were thawed. Sam five, six, and seven were thawed. Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. Unless they died out there because there was that one rover that is uh, not stalled. It was. It was broken oh the harvester right. yeah there was one bro- harvester that was broken from the very beginning of the movie right right i think it's another sam that went out there and so you're saw... giving it to the you're giving it to the easy bake sams uh, yeah well yeah okay. might as well i mean it's because uh, they got sucked up by a hoover vacuum after the fact <laughs> i mean they're, they're nothing but ash yeah yeah that's a good one i i like that one so who's got yours red well see i tried sam. to be more creative because of my dropping the ball last episode Okay. Because, you know, we had all the marijuana and the hot boxing going on, and I just thought that was really cool. So I had to try and think something a bit more. So I gave mine to the planet Earth. The pl- That's a good one. I like that. Because fusion, baby. That's a lot of heat. That is a lot of heat. And they need regular deliveries of that of that. that Helium, helium three. three to keep their, uh, their, their vapes working. So how much <laughs> helium three is in that one canister? Well, Shit, it doesn't take a whole lot, and depending on, assuming they can handle literally the heat from the fusion reaction they've got to be incurring, um, they're they're not going to need a whole lot. So, maybe thirty pounds. 
Well, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know how much helium three would be in there. I mean, he was able to lift Take the pod. Well, you figure there's got. We'll see, at the same time, well, that's what I'm saying about thirty pounds, because you're going to have to have some shielding for re-entry. Because you're, I, I would assume they're not going to like have that dock. Why catch a bullet in space when you can simply direct it in for a proper trajectory and just have it enter the atmosphere? Well, that's obviously what's going to happen because you know. Right, so Sam, I'm figuring Sam got I'm, in and rode the lightning all the way home. Right. So I'm I'm <laughs> thinking, you know, you've got shielding, insulation, and all that. So I'm thinking 30, 40 pounds. It's probably a good. Well, and it could take up there. to four. I mean, it was a it yeah. was a four four. Well, I'm talking per container. There. I'm yeah. talking per per canister, about thirty yeah. pounds. So I uh, I went much much less creative than either one of you. And much Chose more Sam. literal, so I didn't see any smoking. I went with the default Doc Coddle. Oh my <laughs> God! Yes, uh, who did not smoke in uh, Deadlock? <laughs> <laughs> and for my head lush, I also didn't see any drinking and didn't uh, go creative. So I gave it to our default Richard Dawson. There you are, the Dawson Award. Who who's got yours, Red? Nice, nice. I, honestly, I was just going to give everything to the earth up to this point. <laughs> I was going to pull one way deep out of my ass. I had forgotten all about our Dawson default, and I was thinking there was somebody at corporate that wasn't paying attention to that, but they were a bottle. <laughs> because of all the things I've mentioned about why didn't they catch this sooner, why are they doing this, what the hell have they been drinking? Right. What yeah. about you, Rob? I had nothing, Bob. You got nothing. nothing. Nothing on that one, Bob. Nothing. All right. That's all right. All right. So I redeem mean, yourself okay, with the so player. Sam, Sam drank some water. He he did drink some water. He yeah. actually burned himself with some water. So yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Who's got your player? <laughs> redeem yourself. Make um, it good. Well, you know, I'm going to go with Tess. And... Oh, you because? want a, you want an explanation? Yeah, just not just oh. a name. I'd like an explanation. Oh well, I I chose her because uh, you know, in in Sam's dreams, she couldn't keep her hands off of him. That's true, you know, and she was just all over him. Oh, I love you, yada da da da. da you know, we don't need a play by play. Oh, just you an do. Explanation. Yeah. <laughs> yada yada yada. So t- they they disrobe each other. Okay, you're looking directly into my eyes whenever you say that. <laughs> yes, I am. I'm feeling a little uncomfortable. But dude, you were walking around the house in a robe earlier, trying to Did basic in- all the way. No, he tried to basic instinct me. <laughs> Did, Did he? I'm just glad he. So what you think on. about that Wookie Bush? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck both of you. <laughs> no, no, please, no. <laughs> Who's got your player, Red? Oh, I went with Tess as well, but just because she's had, she's got multiple husbands craving her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she's, that's nice. She's a player, don't even know it. <laughs> she's so and good. And she's dead. And she's dead. Hey, if if mean, you just, can pull, wow. if you can pull the guys after being in the ground dead. Well, there's a few that can. Look at Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. Yeah, um, so Tess has got my player award as well uh, for much the same reason. Yeah, she she's basically got, you know, a whole bunch of Sams ready to chase after her. And, and really, they don't know why. They've never met the, the lady in their life. 
It's right, just right. Uh, it's just memories of Tess that they're they're excited about. So that I still haven't been satisfactorily told how they have those memories. Science, Science. fiction. Science. There you go. That's where you need to have in Thomas Dolby's little <laughs> little riff there. <laughs> Well, that's just science fiction. She blinded me with science. Just have science. You know, put that on the podcast. Right. And my purple hippo is going to go to Sam because that dude was cracking the fuck up. He was seeing young ladies that either he's just imagining and hallucinating out of uh, whole cloth or he somehow is able to see into the the future from his past memories about the present okay. and okay. is seeing his daughter that he's never met 15 years in the future or 13 years into the future um right. but yeah the dude is the dude is cracking up not only that but he gets to meet himself um after he rescues himself and <sighs> then he fights himself and plays ping pong. The only thing missing himself. was a love scene. I know. <laughs> there that was that one gives of those you a too. whole new way to when somebody says, Go fuck yourself. Actually, you know what? They did have a love scene. So he dream you know, he dreamed what? of Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what movie no, he watched. No, listen, he was dreaming of uh of Tess and they were they were in the covers and then it panned to underneath the covers and Sam is trying to reach up in his spacesuit to grab the, their leg. There was three of them in that bed. Yeah, technically, I guess there were. I'm not sure that it was still a love scene at that point. Menage but- a trois. I got to sleep later today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, yeah. Red, who's got your purple? Well, I went with Gertie. Gertie, okay. Because Gertie had to be isolated with a human being. <laughs> one that was jacked up and tried to make sense. Gertie's whole purpose was to keep this strange little anomaly safe <laughs> and alive. And I just pity the robot or the machine or whatever the heck you want to call it. Yeah. Robot extension of the programming. I don't know what that, how you Well, no, I mean, it's a, yeah. it's a robot. Yeah, but he's Gertie, not going to remember anything. He well, got wiped. He got wiped. Right, but still, that doesn't change the fact that poor Gertie was having to deal with all this. Oh, man, and did you see how fucking dirty Gertie was? That was gross. Dirty Gertie. Dirty Gertie. Oh, dirty Gertie. Sounds like a plane from World War II. I mean, B-26. Sam was a fucking slob. Any place that, Uh you know, there was food or drink, it was just stains everywhere. That fucking worth of shit. Well, uh, Uh the first Sam there, he was just just spitting shit everywhere. You know, know, (laughs) it's just... Yeah, yeah, I don't care where I'm at. I just spit it out. Blah. And people wonder why the Cylons want to take over, right? All right, who's got your purple hippo, Rob? Um, so I went with Sam, um, and it was more—it was more for yeah the hallucinations, um, you know, when he's driving and all that kind of good stuff. Um, and then, I, and I was also thinking of you know when he was seeing himself. You know, at the very beginning there, he kind of, he, you know, he woke up, he saw himself and he was kind of like, uh, I've totally cracked up because I've been seeing girls and now I'm seeing myself. What the fuck? Right. Yeah. So, you know, that in his brain was mush anyway. 
Yeah, his brain definitely was mush. Yeah. And what was with that opening line in the movie or that opening text sequence that says, where are we now? I didn't. It said, where are we now? And then it did a whole explanation of what had happened to the earth and why we were up on. So that was just part of the corporate commercial? Yes. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I missed that, I guess. Yeah, that was part of that whole that whole commercial thing. Okay. Which is probably pretty accurate at this point. You know, with the with people fucking up the earth and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not the clones, though. All right, so I guess we're going to pick our next movie here. Let me uh, shuffle the deck. All right, Rob, what's your number? <sighs> Man. You got to pick a number. Look away. Between what? <laughs> Between 2 and 113. 2 and 113. You know, let's just stick with my normal my normal thing. Let's do 42. 42. 42. Let's do it. Please be something good. Oh, for fuck's sake, you got to be shitting me. You, you want me to change my number? I can change my number. I got another number. Away. You got to look away. I got my other number. You got to look away. I'm not looking. I'm not looking. I mean, eventually I'm oh going to look. Oh, my God. What, what, I cannot what fucking I believe this. What? Is it? Is it a good one? Do we need to read? Oh! <laughs> Do some editing. Oh, for fuck's sake. You're going to love it, Red. All right. So next week, we are going to discuss the movie about an alumni cast of space opera television yes. series that have to play their roles as the real thing when an alien race needs their help. Yes. However, they also have to defend both Earth and the alien race from a reptilian yes. warlord. Next week, we're going to be discussing 1999's Galaxy Quest. So this are you serious? Yeah, I actually fucking picked it? serious. Yes. That is yes. impressive. Yeah, That is that great. Is awesome. It's a good movie. You're going to like it. It's awesome. Uh, it's a cute show. They make fun of Star Trek, and yeah. you, you always like doing that. Unfortunately, Rob has got oh, a full schedule I'm be I'm and not busy. is going to be able to. No, 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 I'm joining. <laughs> uh, in fact, I'll, I'll, I'll make time. I've been looking forward to this one since you guys put it on the list. Oh, oh golly. All right, so That's Rob's going to be back next knees. week. You can get, hey, you guys just want to go ahead and just uh, continue on right now? I mean, Red and I can talk about it right now. Oh, God. Oh, yes. Oh, God. We could jump right into that one. Hell yeah. I own this movie. Oh, oh I got God. it too. I'm gonna it's be a cute show. In fact, I talking think, with a couple fanboys. I think week. after this, Jason and I are just going to go ahead and start watching it. <laughs> what are you doing tomorrow, Red? You busy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. golly. So, uh,. Next week, we're going to have a love fest with uh, Rob and Red. Our intro and outro music is Welcome Home by Cambo. Podcrawl music is Snack Mix My Machete. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, Podchaser, and Blueberry. You can leave us feedback at smokinganddrinkinginspace.com, on Twitter at status underscore podcast, or email us at smokinganddrinkinginspace at outlook.com. If you have any questions on why Red and Rob are absolutely in love with this film, please reach out. And Sam Rockwell's know, in and it. And we can discuss. We can discuss next week. I'm Jason. I'm Red, and I have a boner. Oh my god! Oh shit! And we'll talk to you next week. 
Bye.